Welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of the Morning Rush, which you can catch every weekday morning from 6 to 9 on ESPN Arkansas. You can also check out our website at hitthatline.com for all types of great interviews, podcasts, articles, videos, whatever it is dealing with the Razorbacks. Be sure to check it out at hitthatline.com. We're going to be joined by Alex Schiffer, who covers Missouri, to talk a little bit about Arkansas and Missouri basketball tonight. So looking forward to that. We're also going to get into some nonsense, of course, later in the show. But I want to start off with a question that we actually discussed on the morning rush this morning. So if you listen to the show, you're going to get a little more of it. But I think it's a fascinating topic that seemed to have a lot of great responses. And it was simply about the baseball team. Because we're it's crazy. We're here at baseball season. It starts this week in Arkansas, takes on Eastern Illinois in Bomb Stadium, Bomb Walker Stadium, excuse me. I got to make sure I get that right. Bomb Walker Stadium. And of course, we all know what they're coming off of. They're coming off of uh, a possible, what should have been a College World Series title, a national championship. Didn't get it where they were the runners up. They lost a few good pieces, especially in the pitching staff. And so now they're trying to get back to it to where they're going to try to make a return trip to the College World Series. And that essentially was my question. Simplistic but direct and to the point. Will it be a disappointment this year if Razorback baseball does not make the College World Series? Will it be a disappointment? Now, maybe that's too strong of words, but I feel like it's very important to ask it this way. And the reason I ask it is because there are so many expectations going around for various sports. And it seems like, in most cases, that Razorback fans put the expectation higher than what the reality is. I'm not saying this is wrong. I'm just saying that's normally what's done. When the football team, like this past season, looked to be pretty terrible, no one would have ever pictured 2-10. and 10. Not even me. And I'm throwing myself into this line. Because you feel like you're a program that deserves better. Same thing in basketball. The team, you don't, you expect to be in the NCAA tournament every single year at least, and be competing for Sweet 16s fairly regularly. Not all the time, not every single year, but at least be in the conversation. That's what you expect. But in baseball, a monster has been created by Dave Van Horn to where the expectations are at a fever pitch. They're at an all-time high, and that's not a bad thing. Dave Van Horn loves it. That's what he wants the expectation to be because that's what the expectation is for himself and for the rest of his team. They are about winning titles. They are not going to sleep well in the middle of the night until they get those that title. They were so close last year, and I would bet my bottom dollar that Dave Van Horn and the Razorback baseball team will be back at some point. But now that you've seen the success of Dave Van Horn and the type of place that it can go, where it can be. It's now becoming to where it's, it's a minimum, a, a bar that is set to where if you don't make the College World Series, in some fans' eyes, it's viewed as a disappointment. And I'm trying to figure out where I stand on it because the more I think about it and the more I believe and watch this team, this program, and Dave Van Horn and the type of results that he puts out, I, I think that that's probably the case. Maybe, it's, maybe again, maybe disappointment's not the best wording. Maybe a letdown. Maybe ho-hum. Because Arkansas is at the point where they've accomplished everything but one. One thing. They have yet to win it all. 
And that's the next step. That's where you got to be. And you know that Dave Van Horn has shown the consistency enough to be able to recruit at a high level, to be able to develop guys into big-time pro prospects, not only to have great pitching, but great defense, defensive players, great hitting, great everything. He's had it all. So if you don't make it to the College World Series this season, just think about this. You as baseball fans, think about it. If you don't make the College World Series this season, say if you just got bounced out of the regional, would you not be pretty disappointed? Arkansas has four. Four all first-team All-SEC players picked by the coaches. More than anybody. They have four. They had one of the best recruiting classes last year. And they have them every year. They have a great recruiting class every year. They have experience. The one thing that's going to be the question is, of course, pitching. Because all you have is Isaiah Campbell. He's going to be your ace. Connor Nolan looks like he's going to get some playing time, which will be big. But you got the hitters. You got the infield. You got the outfield. You got you got power. You got guys. You got men. So thinking about the talent, is it unfair for me? And this is what I'm asking all of you. Is it unfair of me to sit back and expect a College World Series bid? Not to win it, but to be there. If you go to a regional and get bounced out, meh. If you go to a super regional and get bounced out, hey, it sucks, but still, it should have been better. You know, it's, it doesn't leave a great taste in your mouth. You don't feel like the season was a success. Getting to a College World Series might be where you're at, folks. You got a taste of greatness. You got a little bit of an idea of what it's like to be elite. The elitist of the elite. You were one foul ball away from having it all. And it didn't happen. And that's okay. Because you'll have opportunities again. I promise you. But is it fair to say College World Series or bust? I think it is. I think it's very fair. The Razorback baseball team does not make it to the College World Series. It will be disappointing. No one's going to say fire (laughs) Dave Van Horn or anything extreme. Well, there probably will be. They're idiots. I'm not going to say it. And I'm not going to say things need to change and this needs to happen, this, that, and the other. But I just know what this team and what this program is capable of. And I know what the type of players that they have and the mentality that they have. Chip on their shoulder, not letting what happened last year happen again. This is what they're going to be about. And they're going to move forward to try to make it happen. College World Series or bust, Razorback baseball fans. If they don't make it, I'm disappointed. But that's all I am. And that's all I will be, is disappointed. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. Right now, let's go to the phone lines. We're going to preview a little more of Arkansas versus Missouri tonight. A big game for Arkansas, trying to find a way to bounce back, and it's on the road against the Missouri Tigers. And to help me preview that game, let's welcome in Alex Schiffer, Mizzou beat writer for the Kansas City Star. Alex, appreciate you joining me this afternoon. How you doing, man? No problem. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on. And obviously, uh, we, we spoke 
earlier this season when Arkansas and Missouri faced off in Bud Walton Arena. Arkansas ended up getting the victory there, but now it's the return trip. So just to kind of update us on what's gone on in the life of Missouri basketball since that point in time, uh, I know they've had some struggles, but uh, it looks like they might be bringing back one of their key players tonight too. Yeah, it's uh, it's been tough. I want to say they played Texas A&M right before they went to Arkansas, so they technically have only won one game uh, since the last time Arkansas saw them. And Mark Smith, their best three-point shooter, went down at the end of that game in the loss to Arkansas and Fayetteville, and then they lost Jeremiah Tillman on Saturday in a very winnable game against Texas A&M due to having his wisdom teeth pulled a couple of days earlier. So they uh, their season kind of looks a bit dead and buried. This would be... It, should they win, it'd be a nice nice way to maybe show some life of hope for the uh, NIT tournament maybe, but even that's a bit of a stretch. Yeah, I know it's got to be frustrating for Missouri fans because last year, of course, they had a lot of excitement with Quanzo Martin coming in his first year having a great recruiting class, and they had battle injuries. And then it's like this year again, they're having to battle injuries. So something about Missouri, I guess, they're kind of snake-bitten, it seems like, when it comes to injuries and the impact that it has on the season. Yeah, I think I – think Last year was always going to be a what could have been if Michael Porter was was healthy. This year, just as much so with Jonte getting hurt. And I think you can almost break this season up into two parts of what could have been if Jonte was healthy and then what could have been if Mark Smith never got hurt because he, he had six or seven threes in Fayetteville last time. And he if you look at their numbers with and without him, he, he's been a gigantic loss for them. And I, I think if he was healthy and he never hurts his ankle – they're in a better position to be in the NIT mix. So what? So what's the future look like for Missouri? Obviously, uh, you mentioned this season they're sitting at eleven and eleven, two and eight in conference. They're looking maybe for a possible NIT berth. But as far as the future, when it comes to recruiting, when it comes to hope and excitement and all that, do people still believe in Quanzo Martin? What, is there is the ceiling pretty high? What's what's the overall outlook there for the future of the Tigers? Yeah, you know, some fans are frustrated, but to me, I, I mean, I think people forget how bad they were before. Conzo got there. I mean, he's already eclipsed Kim Anderson's win total in a year and a half comparing against Kim's three seasons in Missouri. And last year, I think, just blew expectations completely out of the water because of the way it all happened with getting the Porters, getting Jeremiah Tillman, adding a couple of big transfers. You know, I, I think that because they made the tournament their first year removed from a, a terrible season, um, a lot of people kind of got unrealistic expectations of what it was going to be like under him. But technically, this is year one of the rebuild of the job he inherited. You know, because there's been no Jonte, a lot of what he's been working with has been the final remnants of, you know, those Kim Anderson teams. And, and he's gotten a lot out of some of those guys. And, you know, as for next year, I mean, because of some of the injuries, they've been playing three freshman guards who have all been very good. Xavier Pinson, Javon Pickett, and... Torrance Watson, I think the first two have a bit of a chance at the SEC all-freshman team, especially Pickett. They add Drew Smith, the transfer from Evansville next year. They add Trey Jackson, who's a top 60 recruit. And they should have Tillman and Mark Smith back for another year. So really, you know, next year and the year after should be really, really interesting as to what they can do. 
Yeah, just knock on wood about these injuries. I know it's, it's been rough, so hopefully they can avoid that uh, next year. But looking at the game tonight between Arkansas and Missouri, the last time these two teams played, uh, you mentioned about Smith and, and the way he went off from three-point land. Arkansas did get the victory, but I think the story of it all was 24 turnovers for the Missouri Tigers. Uh, have they cleaned up that issue? Because I know they were battling it when we last spoke, and just in the past few games, have, been, have they been able to keep from turning the ball over so much, or is that still causing a problem for Missouri? It's interesting, you know, so they had a few games stretch where they only had nine turnovers in, in two games. And it's win over Vanderbilt and then the following game, which was the loss to Tennessee. And then at Sunday, Saturday at a.m., I think they had around 15, which isn't great, but it's better by their standards. I, I think tonight is kind of the benchmark of did have they gotten their act together with it. If they get out of tonight with around 15 – Given the way Mike Anderson presses, I think you can say, well, maybe, they, maybe they've turned a corner with all this. If they have another 24 tonight, well, I, I think it's the same old song and dance. Speaking with Alex Schiffer, Mizzou beat writer for the Kansas City Star right now on the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Alex, this is something we discussed on my show this morning. I wanted your take on it as well. Obviously, Mike Anderson previously was at Missouri for a good while, led them to an Elite Eight, had some success, and then he moves on to Arkansas. Hasn't been able to replicate that same success, but still has been fairly good nonetheless. Do people in Missouri even think about Mike Anderson anymore? Is he still one of those guys that they want to beat really bad? Or is that just spilled milk, uh, water under the bridge? however you want to put it tonight I think he'll get some booze you know it's funny I, I think I, I was actually planning to use this story the last time you had me on but I think the way you asked me a question or whatever I didn't really get it and if I'm repeating myself then forgive me <laughs> no problem but uh but when Missouri hired Larissa Anderson their softball coach in the spring a fan comes up to me and goes I'm sick of us hiring Andersons <laughs> uh Mike Anderson Kim Anderson now her we got to get away from that name. And I'm thinking to myself, like, Mike Anderson led them to the Elite Eight. And probably, you know, I, I think it would have been very interesting. Does Mike Anderson still leave Missouri if he knew Missouri was going to the SEC? Because um, that's where, you know, he wound up anyway. And I also just wonder a bit of why are fans so upset? Because as you said, you know, they're bitter at Frank Haith and, and Mike for leaving. I understand some of it, but it's not like either one of those coaches left and then went to a Final Four. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, as you said, they haven't really had the same success they had at Missouri. So I, I don't know why there's still all this bitterness when I, the program seems to be in good hands under Conzo now. And it's not like the guy that you're mad at went and – did something amazing. You know, I, the analogy my buddy used, I thought was good. It's like being upset at an ex-girlfriend for leaving you. And she probably downgraded <laughs> after she left you. You know what I mean? It's not like she went and married some billionaire or some professional athlete, but you're still bitter about it. So I, I, I just think that I, it's, it, I understand that the departure probably could have been a little bit better on his end, but it just amazes me that people are still upset about it. 
Well, and that was something else that we talked about because with Mike Anderson obviously having the connections to Arkansas and it made sense of uh, why he came back here. But where Missouri lands as far as a basketball program, we know they've had some success. They've had a historical coach uh, for a long time. And, you know, that it just seems like that they had that rivalry with Kansas and all that, that there may be more of a basketball school. But where does Missouri and their fans kind of feel their program is or where it deserves to be? Should it be one of those programs that's competing for Sweet 16 Elite Eight? every year getting to the tournament every year just what are their thoughts and opinions on where their program should be yeah i think the expectation is that every year missouri should be a program that's in the mix for an ncaa tournament bid and maybe um maybe there's an off year where they go into the nit but i think part of the problem with the kim anderson hire is you know when missouri came into the sec this is before you saw the hires like the avery johnson's and and the recruits like the Colin Sexton and just yesterday Anthony Edwards um, going to SEC schools that aren't named Florida, Kentucky, I, I think the expectation when Missouri came into the conference was that they were going to be a top-four team every year because it usually was Florida, Kentucky, and then kind of take your pick. And obviously they had one year under Frank Case or two years, and then he left, and then Kim Anderson came in, and they just were a bottom-dweller. And I think that that's where some of the, the disconnect is, is that Missouri has this expectation of where they should be, but everybody else kind of got better while they were in the cellar in the Kim Anderson era. So, and I still think there's a potential to be a top half of the SEC type of program, but it's just going to take a while because of the, the hole they got themselves in. Well, and Alex, I know that uh, we, they've had their own issues in basketball, and I guess I can lump this into the same question, but I think since the last time we talked, too, there was some pretty big news with the athletic department of Missouri having the yeah. postseason ban <laughs> with football and baseball and softball. And, of course, I kind of made the joke that I was like, well, I guess Missouri is officially an SEC team when they get put a postseason ban on basketball, football, softball, baseball, all those sports. But it, it just seems like it, it, Missouri's just had a rough go of it. Do you have an update on all of that situation, especially on the football side of things? Do you think they'll win the appeal? Just what's your overall thought on that? Yeah, it's, it's beyond fascinating to me. Um, I, I think – there's a lot of layers to this. I don't even know. We could spend a whole podcast on this, honestly. Yeah. But um, Missouri plans to file its appeal to the NCAA by the end of the week. And they we met with the AD, Jim Sirk, yesterday. He has no problem with the vacated wins or the probation or anything. The, the things that bother him is that, you know, the recruiting restrictions, this is an academic fraud case. There's nothing to do with recruiting. And and some of the, the restrictions got put, that got put on Missouri are just kind of Death sentences, I mean, seven weeks where you can't be on the road recruiting, reduction in scholarships and official visits. Um, that That's a lot to work around. And then, you know, the postseason ban, I uh, I think for Missouri, you know, they were thinking about a New Year's Six Bowl this year with Kelly Bryan under center and some of the returners on, on offense. So it, it's a setback for Barry Odom and his program. And, and then on top of all this, is that Missouri operated in the red a little bit last year from the athletic department, $1.8 million in the red. Mm. And being banned from the bowl game would cost them about $8 to $9 million in SEC bowl revenue and all that comes with it. And that would be a major death sentence to Missouri just in terms of finances because they were $5 million in the red the previous year, one point eight this year. They were kind of trending upward into getting back into the green a bit. And it would be very tough for them to make a profit given the restrictions on them. 
Yeah, it's a tough situation for him, man. And even for people in Arkansas that you know don't necessarily care for Missouri, when they see the t- type of things that they're getting hit with, and in all major sports too, since they've joined the SEC, it's just man, it's head scratching. So I'll be curious to see how it plays out, and if uh, Missouri's able to get win that appeal. Because I, I can guarantee you that this if it was Arkansas and they had just gotten Kelly Bryant and all that, and then they get a hit with a postseason ban, you probably have pro- riots in the streets, I'm sure. And there's a lot of unhappy people here. I can, I can confirm that. Yeah, oh, I can only imagine. Alex Schiffer, Mizzou Athletics beat writer for the Kansas City Star. You can follow him on Twitter at the Schiff Man. Really appreciate you joining me, Alex. Great stuff, man. Uh, enjoy the game. Enjoy the rest of the season. I'm sure we'll be catching up with you later down the road, right? Sounds good. Take care, man. Locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. Our final segment of the Locked on Razorbacks podcast. Uh, this news came out that Ole Miss is having to vacate more than 30 wins over the span of six seasons because of ineligible player participation. Not surprising there. I mean, it's it's from like 2010 to 2017, 2016, whatever. I mean, this is a long time. And it's not every game. But it's funny because Ole Miss has to vacate the wins against Arkansas that they had in 2012 and 2013. John L. Smith's year, and of course, Brett Bielema's first year. Ole Miss has to vacate that. And what's crazy to me is the fact that so many Razorback fans feel like that this means it's a win for them. And it's not, folks. It's not. I'm sorry. I have to tell everybody about this. I have to remind you, it is not a victory for Arkansas. It does not all of a sudden change everything and make it to where in the columns and the history books and all that, it gives Arkansas a W. That's not how this works. That's not what it is. So I want to, of course, respectfully remind everybody that that is the case. But I'm not, like, if there's a program that deserves all this, it is Ole Miss. But at the same time, every one of them will say, all their fans, everybody will say it's worth it. And you know what? It kind of is. It is worth it. They got two wins against Alabama. They had back-to-back 10-win seasons. They won the Sugar Bowl. That was kind of worth it for them. And Razorback fans, I know that you'd sit back and from your ivory towers and say, you know, it isn't worth it to me. I have integrity. Yeah, well, if somebody came forward and said, hey, a couple of those uh, wins that you had in the 2010-2011 seasons under Bobby Trino, yeah, we're going to have to take, vacate those and take them away. Would you look back on them and say, oh, that season doesn't count. I, I agree with the with the vacation, and I will I will honor it. No. You're probably going to be like, worth it. It was worth playing for the Sugar Bowl. It was worth winning the Cotton Bowl. It was worth beating LSU. It was absolutely worth it. And any of you that disagree with that, you're lying to me. And you know what I really despise? Liars. So don't lie to me. It's worth it for Ole Miss, and it'd be worth it for anybody else. That's for sure. Appreciate everybody listening in to the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter at Rush John Neighbors. For any questions, comments, concerns that you may have, we'll keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel. Tomorrow afternoon, have a great day, everybody. We will see you then. Locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast.